Welcome to episode 18 of Beyond the Veil, a Harry Potter podcast about mental health. I'm your host, Madison Ford. So last week I was feeling pretty under the weather mentally, uh, so we took a week off and thank you all for your patience and understanding. In this week's interview, we are speaking to Sunny Thayer, a Ravenclaw, a member of many fandoms who had some very beautiful stories to share with us. I want to give a brief trigger warning. In this episode, we discuss the death of a family member, so please keep that in mind as you're listening. Thank you all for joining me. Now, let's dive in. Welcome back to Beyond the Veil, everybody. Uh, Today, please welcome Sunny to the show. Sunny, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. We're glad to have you. Um, Will you just start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Uh, Yeah, so I am a uh, proud Ravenclaw. I've been (laughs) reading, of course, I am Ravenclawsome, as we say. I am a wife. I'm a administrative assistant, which is basically a overtitled secretary. But um, I really love my job. I get to help out a lot of people, and you know, in my office, and be smart about it. So there's my Ravenclaw tendencies showing. Um, love that. <laughs> I, like I say I live with my husband, and we have our two dogs that are the bane of my existence, but also that I could not live without. So. <laughs> as most dogs are. So I just, I mostly just work and hang out with the family. I do movies and all my different fandoms. Um, my husband is not a fandom person, so he just tolerates me dealing with mine. So <laughs> maybe one day he can be converted. <laughs> I tried to convert him. I, I tried to convert him to Whovians and he kind of did the Doctor Who thing for a minute, but He's uh, he's more into rock music and NASCAR, so I let him do his thing. He lets me do mine. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any other Harry Potter information about yourself you want to share? Um, so I am a Ravenclaw in um, Hogwarts. I am also a um, Horned Serpent in Ilvern Morney. Um, my Patronus is a Newfoundland, which I love because it's one of the big floppy lazy dogs oh. that just kind of <laughs> hang around and do whatever they want. Um, yeah, and I, I, my wand on Pottermore is an acacia wand, but I actually have an elm wand that I got at Universal Studios because um, that one actually does magic. I've proven this. I have video of me doing magic with it. So I'm going to go with Couldn't the elm ask wand. for anything better than that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, uh, can you tell us about how you first discovered the Harry Potter series? My my aunt was in a book club um, right around the time the first book came out, and they read the book in their book club, and then she brought it home to read to her children. And at the time, we lived um, not far from her and saw her pretty regularly, and so my mom grabbed a hold of it and... She started reading to us, so we we got it as kids. Um, and I was actually talking to my siblings the other day, and none of us really remember pre Harry Potter life. So oh, wow, <laughs> it's, um, I, I I mean I picked it up probably third grade, third or fourth grade, and they had it pretty much from consciousness. So 
mom would wow. read them to us and then we kind of dove in ourselves. I love how early it can begin with Harry Potter. Yeah, it's it was... Just... <laughs> I'm pretty sure my sister doesn't know life without Harry Potter, and I'm, that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> so you told me when you submitted your story that Harry Potter kind of helped you fight through some mental illness issues like depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem. And I was wondering if you could kind of start us off by talking about what your experiences with these mental health issues was like. Yeah, so depression um, pretty much runs in my family, and for a long time, I um, I went to, you know, I did the whole high school thing the way I was supposed to, and I graduated, you know, like, pretty high in my class, and I was supposed to go to college and do that, and I ended up dropping out of college about a semester before I graduated, and kind of just dropped off everything, and felt I didn't realize it at the time I didn't name it depression at the time but that's what it was and I didn't get a diagnosis of it until probably about five or ten years later it it depends on which doctor you ask Um, but even then finding the right medic anybody with depression will tell you that finding the right medication can sometimes feel like Russian roulette and so you know I went through quite a stretch there testing different medications and trying to fight off um, my depression and anxiety, which basically manifested itself in a lack of desire to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. So I would, I could pull myself out to do work that I knew I had to do. Like I would go to work, but then I would come home and just go straight to bed and be in bed for 12 hours a day if, you know, however long mm-hmm. I didn't have to work. And the anxiety, you know, more was more so in intermittent panic attacks that just I would just feel this overwhelming sense of being overwhelmed and couldn't focus on anything and just everything was too much and ah mm-hmm. and um with the depression it was you know yeah I was in my little uh bubble in my bed and I didn't want to leave but I still had Harry Potter there I had the books I had the movies and there were so many times that I just would have the worst day ever and I knew I could come home and watch that stuff, you know, and it was one of those things where I, I was so familiar with the stories. I still am. I don't have to start at the beginning of anything. You know, mm-hmm. if I flip through the channel and a Harry Potter movies on, I know exactly what's happening and I can watch it from there. And it still gives me the same comfort and sense of home that, you know, not much else does. So definitely that the kind of place of safety and, yeah. When did you kind of start to see a place where Harry Potter and your mental illness were kind of, you know, where it was helping you out a little bit? I Probably that, that time after I dropped out of college, because it, um, it was the only thing that I, you know, I had my Harry Potter books from my house that I had taken. And I was, you know, for about two years, I was kind of just couch surfing mm-hmm. between my friends. I didn't really have a home of my own. And that was one of the few things that I could, you know, carry with me wherever, you know, if I'm crashing at so-and-so's house for the week or two, I I had my books with me. And, you know, the movies are always so prevalent. And and during that time, you know, I think it was like the fifth and sixth movie were coming out, like those few years. And it was something to look forward to. And so that's 
it sounds kind of, I know it sounds a little, don't have the right word there, but it was, it was something to, to hang around for sometimes when, yeah. you know, you just, you just really just want to go to sleep for a very, very long time. And you, you know, and I just didn't want to do anything and I didn't have anything to look forward to. I didn't have a degree. I didn't have a great job. I was kind of floating between friends. I wasn't in a relationship, but I had, I had the books that I could read. I had, you know, I could watch the movies. I could, I had all the sixth movies coming out. I had, you know, I can't wait for that. And the sense of, I can't wait for it was, like a small little flicker of light in just general, like I nothing else going on kind of feeling that I had. I'm really glad you had it. It sounds like it was really difficult during that time. And it was almost like a, you know, an anchor that keeps you steady. Yeah, it kind of was. And it was, you know, there was things where I would find, you know, like if I saw a Harry Potter, whatever in the shop or, you know, a, a, the bird they've released the birdie bots beans and and that would give me something to you know reach back out to my mom for because at the time my mom was um was getting sicker and so she wasn't leaving the house much and i wasn't living at home so Mm -hmm. but it would give me something to to call home about basically other than i have nothing no other good news but hey mom i saw this thing and you know you'll, you'll never believe what i found at the store today so those those small little threads kind of help stabilize me a little bit. You mentioned your mother and it it sounds like you and your mother have a really deep connection over the Potter books. Um, Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah. So my mom, like I said, she got them from her sister, my aunt, um, Mm -hmm. and was the one that brought them into the house and, you know, and read them to us um, pretty much every night. Uh, We would get a chapter here and there and, um, when she, uh, my mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 92 and passed about three years ago. And so she had been getting progressively sicker and sicker, but, um, multiple sclerosis is a degenerative disease. So she first lost, uh, function of her legs and then was eventually bedridden. And so no matter how much the disease progressed, she had that hold on, you know, we could, Harry Potter was one of the things that we could still kind of talk about. And she would remember things from the stories and the movies and we could have little arguments over which house is better. And, but he didn't do that in the books, but he did this and who said that? And, you know, um, so that, and uh, the Beatles were our other thing, but, um, so we had music and we had the books and those were our, our little connections. So as she kind of, progressed in her disease and was in the nursing home and um, eventually in hospice we always had there was always a Harry Potter book wherever she was and no matter how she was feeling so if she wasn't really feeling up to it didn't have a lot of energy you could just sit there and read to her and she you knew she was listening and she knew the story um, and it, it just kind of felt like you know she did that for us so we could do it for her that's beautiful um, yeah did she have a favorite book or movie? Um, you know, I don't know. I think she she just liked whichever one we were talking about at the time. She uh-huh. never specifically said this one or that one was her favorite. I think she liked that we had a a world of of something to read. She was she was very big on us reading. She taught me to read when I was like three. Um, wow. So yeah, so she she was very big on us reading, and it, you know, 
I think after uh, there was a point when the um, the whole banned book thing came out and they were banning Harry Potter because of the witchcraft and um, hmm. things like that. And she, I remember she she thought that was absolutely hilarious that they would tell children not to read something um, because obviously <laughs> you should tell children to read everything. Right. So, but yeah, she she was just happy we were reading. That's good, and so. it's it's wonderful that the Potter books brought that gift to so many people, you know, so yeah. many people who read now read because of Harry Potter in the beginning. Your, you know, your mother, as she is, you know, kind of passing away, you're getting the chance to connect with her still over the Potter books, which is really wonderful. And um, I'm curious to know what, how, what, what did that give you the ability to connect with your mother over this during that difficult time? It was, it, it gave me a little bit more peace with it. And, you know, MS is a progressive disease and we knew that from the beginning. Um, you know, the doctors told her from the beginning, this is not something that's going to end well and it's not something that's going to keep you around forever. You're going to die relatively young. And so we all knew that going into it. And I think, you know, I know that one of the most quoted things from Harry Potter is, is um, Dumbledore's line of to the well, um, sorry, the well-organized mind death is just the next great adventure. And I think we all kind of held on to that a little bit as, you know, we, we were well-organized in our thoughts of her passing. And so we knew this was coming and it, I mean, it's, it was still hard. It was, it still is. Um, but it, I think it did make it, a little bit easier to have that sense of you know peace with it that she knew it was coming so this is this isn't a great tragedy but more of a peaceful passing and I'd like I like to think that you know the quotes and the calmness I, I feel like Dumbledore saying that was you know with his I hear it in my head with his very calm voice like uh, and Richard Harris Dumbledore, not, not, <laughs> did you put your name in the goblet of file Dumbledore? Um, <laughs> but I like to hear him say that in my head and it just kind of makes it a little easier that, yeah, you know, this is the next great adventure for her. And it just gave us, you know, like I said, it just gave us something to hold on to and a reason to talk and something to talk about. So when you're, when you're sitting in a room with your siblings and, or your aunt and, you know, your mom is sick and literally mm -hmm. dying right there. And you don't have much else to say. say. Oh, hey, I saw the seventh movie was on TV the other day and there was a deleted scene in it. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And you have that, you know, point of conversation that you can make. Yeah. It's funny how Harry Potter so much. It makes me think of another Dumbledore quote, the uh, one from the movie, that happiness can always be found even in the darkest of places <laughs> if one remembers to turn on the light. And Harry Potter is that light. <laughs> yeah. My sister actually has a tattoo of that. Oh, so, that's a that wonderful quote. one. I think she only has two Harry Potter tattoos. I've got three, so I have her beat, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to you know, connecting with your family members and um, helping you through mental illness, um, kind of in the vein of mental illness. But uh, you told me that Harry Potter kind of helped you. Uh, it gave you a new sense of identity. Um, can you kind of talk about that? Maybe that walk through like how you saw yourself 
how others saw you and how Harry Potter brought about a change in that? So I have been um, very overweight since I was a child. Um, since I, I was about eight, I gained weight very quickly and it's never really left me. I'm still extremely overweight. And, you know, going up through high school and, you know, middle school and stuff, it's even even through college, you, you can very quickly become the fat girl or, you know, that, that negative connotation, it's very easy to, to just write me off as that. And I, I began, you know, the more I read into Harry Potter and the more I became comfortable with it and, and it was, you know, it was cool at the time, it still is, but it was the big thing growing up through high school is Harry Potter and it's, this is awesome. And, and I, as a Ravenclaw, um, retain a lot of random useless trivia sometimes and so I would have (laughs) you know we could do Harry Potter trivia and you have to bring Sunny she's the Harry Potter nerd and that kind of took the place of being the fat kid it was the Harry Potter nerd and I I clung to that title more so and it gave me you know that I can that's awesome that's a cool thing the fat Mm -hmm. kid is less so cool but being you know, the Harry Potter nerd or the, the Potter girl was something that, you know, made me be a little happier about it and, you know, stand up a little more with it that I could, I was the person that people would, oh, you need a question about Harry Potter? Yeah, you go to Sunny. She knows that stuff. And and it's kind of grown into a couple of other, you know, fandoms now. And it's still very much a part of my identity. And, um, I, I just, I generally like that. Like, if you ask people things about me, it's, I feel like it's not the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, she's the fat girl. It's, oh, she's the girl that knows all that stuff about Harry Potter or the crazy girl with the Harry Potter tattoos or the one that always <laughs> wears the Ravenclaw shirt, you know, whatever it is. But it's not that first negative thought, which was what I always had about myself was that I was a fat girl. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it, it's just something else besides that first negative instinct that I think makes it easier for me to deal with that. Um, like I said, I've been, I've been overweight since I was eight. So going on 30 years now, um, and I'm, I've tried to deal with it before, but fighting obesity and, uh, depression at the same time never ends well. And it hasn't Mm -hmm. for me. Um, but I've been able to, with, working through with ther- some therapy in the last few years, um, I'm actually preparing to have bariatric surgery. And it's been a really interesting journey. And I've, <laughs> I'm have i not going to say I've been thinking of it like transfiguration, but I might be. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it, you know, my when I tell my friends things that I'm dealing with going through this process for the surgery – and I start to get stressed out, they're so good about turning it into something magical for me. Um, the other day I had to go for a procedure where I had to drink something really gross. Mm-hmm. And my friend texted me right before she goes, just pretend it's polyjuice potion, see what happens. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. I'm going to chug this stuff. This is great. Um, but it's, it's little things like that, that, you know, they know my friends now have a, a sense of how to, how to get to me and 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 nobody's ever in question about what to get me for Christmas. 
It's always easy. I'm the easiest person to shop for. Harry Potter, Doctor Who, anything like that, Outlander, whatever. Just hit one of my fandoms and you're fine. So I'm the same way. Yeah, so much oh. easier. Well, I'm so glad that Harry Potter is there in that way. I know... I know so many people who have been in similar situations where, you know, all of a sudden the, the Harry Potter nerd identity is kind of what, um, overtakes who you are for yourself and sometimes the people around you. And it's funny how it can really sink into the core of who you are like that. Yeah. Um, It's, it's magical, I guess. (laughs) It is. I just trust magic. I just, I like having something else, you know, because I know when I, like, my first thought of myself is generally a negative one. And Mm -hmm. when other people show me ways that that's not their first thought of me, it, it has helped me kind of turn my thinking around. So that's wonderful. Yeah. I'm so glad you have a group of people who can help you see yourself as you are and not (laughs) in that negative light. They try. They try. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In that note, um, you talked about how the Harry Potter books have helped you find community. Um, I'm curious if you have had in-person friends who like the books or online friends. Well, who is your Harry Potter community and how did you find them? Uh, Both. A lot of, um, I have, a lot of my in-person friends are inherently Harry Potter nerds. Um, my best friend and I actually met, uh, one, I've got to be careful. One of my best friends <laughs> and I met <laughs> at work a few years back because she said something about Harry Potter and I was like, Harry Potter, I know that. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> and she's stuck with me now. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is, it can be a good starting point for creating friendships and, or, you know, if I meet somebody and we're just talking and I, I have found that without fail, I will bring up Harry Potter within the first 10 minutes of my first conversation with you in some way, shape or form. And it's never intentional, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And that usually will either scare them off or deepen the relationship, one of the two. Um, but in the past few years, I've also kind of gotten out and explored a little more online um, with different communities. So I've gotten into some podcasts, I've gotten into some online groups and there's a, um, there's a local, um, convention that I discovered about three years ago. It's a smaller convention, um, called Conjuration that focuses a lot on Harry Potter. And it was, um, actually the first con that I ever went to by myself, which Mm -hmm. was a huge thing because I, I, don't go places where I don't know people. Um, and so, but I felt safe enough that, you know, these are, are, these are my, my nerds. So, um, if nothing else, somebody there's going to like Harry Potter and I can talk to them for at least a minute and I'll be fine. (laughs) And, uh, I've been three years in a row now. And last year I actually did a panel, which was incredibly terrifying But the community at at the con was so welcoming and inviting that I felt safe enough to do it. And I did a panel last year about fighting your daily Dementors and, you know, just how, like, Dementors as a representation of depression come at you all day long sometimes. And 
just little tips and tricks that I had learned throughout the years of how to fight those. But so I was able to go to the con and present that panel um, in this, you know, community of people that I have, you know, have met through Harry Potter. Um, And then, you know, by the same token, I have online communities of like, um, I'm sure somebody's mentioned the Hogwarts running club before and that we have the great hall. And then we've also got our Ravenclaw room and, it's a room of people that I've never met. I hope someday I get to meet at least one of them. But our Ravenclaw room on Facebook is the most welcoming and loving place ever. And I can't, I can't post every angry thing that I have on my regular Facebook or anywhere, even sometimes even talk about it out loud. But I can just go in there and just sense the positivity and it can help lift me up. Because they're just such, like, good people in there. And it's it's just an online community that I never would have found without Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, so. can you tell me a little more about, uh, you know, the, you have this kind of community of really welcoming, non-judgmental people in this, uh, you know, in, in this Ravenclaw group. That's really awesome. Yeah. So um, it's, it's actually both. I mean, it's the, so it's the Hogwarts Running Club which mm-hmm. does virtual races for different charities. I mean, they're all Harry Potter oriented. Um, and the Great Hall is good for, you know, just general race things, which let's be clear, I don't run. Um, I don't run unless there's zombies chasing me, which <laughs> luckily hasn't happened yet. But, <laughs> you know, and it's, it, <laughs> yeah. But there, you know, even with stuff like that, like in our, our Ravenclaw room, we have a term where we call ourselves turgles, which is a turtle and an eagle because we're eagles, but we're really slow. And uh-huh. so there's others in that, you know, so I can say, you know, hey, I walked half a mile today. And to, to me, that sounds so lame, like of I walked half a mile, but I know for me, that's all I can do some days. Mm-hmm. And I can go in there and say, hey, guys, I walked half a mile today. And they jump all over it. They're so loving about it. They're like, that's awesome. They're just so positive, And you can't help but just be like, oh, okay, that was a good thing. Go me. And then you do it again. Yeah. Whereas, you know, normal, I feel like normal people, and I, I, I use that term very loosely. But mm-hmm. you say, oh, hey, I walked half a mile today. They're like, really? That's it? Like, I've run two miles on my workout every day. What are you doing with your life? And, right. you know, it's just, it's so much safer in there and, and they're just so much happier for me. So, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, everybody's so different in their, you know, their needs and their capabilities. And yeah. it's awesome to have people who acknowledge you for what you're doing and don't compare you against some arbitrary metric. Which, and, and the thing is, I do that. I compare myself against, you know, Mm-hmm. the standard of what I quote unquote should be able to do and they can help remind me that you you really don't have to do that you don't yeah. have to compare against anything so that's yes, nice you are perfect how you are and... <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> um so I love I love this and I think it's just so true there are so many groups of fans who are so accepting and lovely among Harry Potter fans and I won't say it's not that way in other fandoms but it does seem especially warm here in in Hogwarts 
club. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you got all the fires in the castle to keep us warm, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you mentioned in your um, in your submission that you've only read the series three times, and I thought this was interesting because <laughs> sometimes we have you know a kind of fandom gatekeeping where. You know, yeah. if, you ha- if you haven't read the books 400 times, then you're not a real fan. And that's just not true at all. So I wanted to talk to you about this because you're clearly a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, and I just, I'm curious to know if anybody has ever made you feel like you're somehow less of a fan because of that. Um, Not a little bit. Sometimes when, mm-hmm. you know, they say, oh, well, when was the last time you read the books? And I'm... Uh, all the way through, it's it's actually been a while, um, probably mm. about ten years or so. Really, you should you should read them again. Well, I know them, and I'll go to them when I need them. But um, yeah, I I find that it's it, you don't have to memorize every little thing. And I've for me, it's the fandom is more about the feelings that Harry Potter evokes for me. It's mm-hmm. not knowing how many staircases are in Hogwarts or what Aragog's wife name wife's name is. Both of which, side note, are trivia questions that I failed on, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I, I it's it's just, I, I know how the series makes me feel. I know the types of morals and values that the series helps me identify with. And and, and not just the series, the, you know, the, as the wizarding world expands, um, I come up against people who are, are more literal, I think, with the fandom than I, I choose to be. And mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people have, have had, for example, with Crimes of Grindelwald, there's been much debate and people are leaving the fandom and I can't ever listen to JK again, and, you know. But... To me, it's it's not about, like, an individual piece of fiction. It's this world that has been created for us to explore and feel how we want to feel about it. And for me, you know, not having read the books 15,000 times, I don't feel like that makes... It's, it's, the same, it's the same level of people who say, well, I've never read the books, and the literary minds are like, oh, cast ye out, you unfaithful fan. How dare you, you know? <laughs> and I and I speak this as a Ravenclaw. Yes, you should read the books. You miss a lot if you don't read the books. However, you're still a fan if you've only ever seen the movies. Yeah. And, you know, unpopular opinion, I'm sure. But I, I don't know that, you know, there's a... a a bar that needs to be set to, you know, a test that you have to pass to describe yourself as a fan. I think you, you know, you can connect with something and if it brings you joy, if it brings you happiness, if it brings you a sense of, of belonging, then that's all you need. And, you know, the, the minor details and the, the tricks and the tests that people will give you as is to it feels more like to justify their own fandom mm-hmm. and their own sense of you know pride in their in their knowledge than it is to you know test mine i guess yeah. that's the best way to say that i agree so. and thank you for sharing that i think that's a just an important lesson for everyone to remember just 
yeah you know fandom is a fandom is for everybody um it's it's supposed to be a happy thing like like yes let's talk about why he was really loud when he said goblet of fire but also he said it and it was cool and it was on tv you know so (laughs) enjoy it (laughs) i'm curious to know what all what all today are you doing to connect with the harry potter series um so right now i I'm actually working my way through um, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, that podcast. Which, oh, I love that podcast. Yeah, I'm in love and is is another one of my, like, it's been a huge anchor for me because I grew up with, essentially without religion. Um, mm-hmm. My my mom comes from a Christian family. My dad is uh, Islamic, so they're not, you know... I, I had a little bit of Islam growing up. I had a little bit of Christianity. And just to put an icing on the cake, one of my best friends is Jewish. I lived with him for like two years. So I got all of these facets of religion and I never felt connected to any one of them. And wow. so having something like um, Sacred Text is really has been really, really interesting and really helpful to me to kind of find another way to explore faith and something along those lines that I didn't really understand before. So that's been a huge thing lately. Um, I did just some other podcasts I've, you know, been putzing around through and then um, planning my next trip back down to Universal. So (laughs) (laughs) can't wait. Um, And then planning, well, possibly planning my next tattoo as well. So I like I like little Harry Potter tattoos here and there. So oh yes, we all need yeah. multiple. <laughs> all the ink, all of it. <laughs> so and shopping for Harry Potter stuff way more than my husband wishes I would. There's that too. Oh. But sh- absolutely understand that one. <laughs> um, so so I'm curious. You've had such a rich history with Harry Potter. It's been in your lives ingrained with you for so many years and I'm just curious if there are any quotes or memories connections with the books that really stand out to you um I so I think one of my more preferred quotes is um originally a Dumbledore quote unfortunately Hermione got it in the movies but whatever which Mm -hmm. is um fear of the name only increases fear of the thing itself. And for me, um, going through certain things that with my weight, you know, being overweight, being obese, having bariatric surgery, these are words that a lot of people get, um, awkward or frightened of or uncomfortable with. And, um, I've found, especially in the last few months, as I'm starting this procedure with my surgery that, you know, I, I, I keep saying the words to make it more real for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, anything that I start to get nervous about, if I talk about it more, if I say the words, then it becomes more real and, and less obscure and, and, and frightening. Yeah. You know, you can talk about weight loss surgery and, and a procedure that will make things better. And it's this obscure concept of, I don't really know, but bariatric surgery is a procedure that will allow me to eat less and, you know, lose an excessive amount of weight that has been holding me back in a health manner or, Mm -hmm. you know, regarding my health. And so 
it's it's a I, I just love that quote that if you say things it makes them less scary and I think it applies to you know a lot of things you talk about things in if you avoid subjects they just get worse you know you just you let them fester and you don't say things and then when you have to be able to say them it's it's not as comfortable as you'd like it to be so well thank you for sharing that and thank you for uh being brave enough to step you know out of that kind of fear of even naming something i think we're all familiar with that feeling and it it does take a lot of courage to break out of that so i really commend you i think that's really really wonderful thank you so we're coming to the end of our time here and i'm just curious to know if you have any final words of wisdom advice or anything else that you want to share with everybody I was thinking about this when you asked, and I didn't really come with come up with anything profound. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway from you know thinking through this whole procedure uh, with you and, and the interview and the questions and everything, I think I I like the idea of letting Harry Potter do what it needs to do for you without overanalyzing it. Mm-hmm. I think in this day and age, which makes me sound 150 years old, but um, I think in this day we tend to not take things at face value anymore and we tend to dive so deep into them. You can't just read a book. You have to read a book and analyze the characters and then take 15 quizzes on BuzzFeed to figure out which house you'd be in and then, you know, go over here and read this backstory and then understand why that happened, you know, and it's it's okay to just enjoy it. It's okay to just say, I like to watch this movie. I don't need to know all the behind the scenes outtakes and why did she do this and why did this happen? And, you know, that doesn't, that defies the laws of whatever. And why didn't they do this with the time travel? And, you know, and and you don't have to do that. You can enjoy it. Enjoy the fandom, enjoy the books, enjoy the movies let it be what it is and you'll get so much more out of it. I feel like I, if you just let it be and not try to analyze it to death. I think that you've caught something really true. This need for us to, you know, dive neck deep into everything that we get ourselves yeah. into and, you know, <laughs> no, you just let it wash to. over you. No. <laughs> yeah. So Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing all of your stories and being so vulnerable. I really appreciate you sharing everything we talked about. And uh, it's been a joy to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's been fun. That was my interview with Sunny. Sunny, thank you again for joining me and for sharing your story. We all have stories, and some are more difficult to share than others. In today's Whisper segment, an anonymous listener shares their story of anxiety, overcoming shame, and being inspired by Luna Lovegood. And then he heard something. As a child, I never realized I had anxiety. Looking back, it's easy to see I struggled. I felt as though I needed to fit in and was afraid to be the center of attention. My family called me stubborn, and still does, because I wouldn't want to put myself in situations that scared me. 
Although I loved learning and reading from a young age, I was not excited about going back to school each year. Anything new frightened me. I didn't read Harry Potter until junior high. This is around when my anxiety started to get much worse. When I read Order of the Phoenix and was introduced to Luna Lovegood, I was shocked. I saw someone who wasn't afraid to be themselves. I saw someone who didn't care what anyone else had to say about them. I was overwhelmed by what this meant. Since then, I turn to Luna when I'm struggling. People don't understand why I love her so much. They ask why I love the weird girl. I tell them it's because I am the weird girl. I look up to Luna. I want to be able to love myself as much as I love her, and be as confident in who I am as she is in herself. I plan on getting a Spectre Specs tattoo to remind myself of the fact that I don't have to be ashamed of who I am. This has been another episode of Beyond the Veil. If you want to share your story as a guest on the show, please visit our website and fill out our submission form. You can also submit an anonymous story to be read on the show as a whisper. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with someone else you think might enjoy it or rate us on the Apple Podcasts app. The show is also available on Spotify now, so you can find us there if that's your preferred podcast app. Join me next week for another conversation in the headmaster's office. This has been Madison. I'll see you next time.